Sometimes I think we do well to slow down and ask the question, how's it going? Not what are you portraying, not what are you trying to show outwardly today, but really, how's it going for you? How's it working for you? I wonder this morning if I were to ask you to write down anonymously one word or maybe a a couple of words to describe yourself right now or to describe your life right now. I wonder what it is that you would write down. Nobody's going to see it. It's just for you. But if, if you were to write down a couple of words to describe your life right now, what would you write down? Perhaps you'd write down busy or stressed or overwhelmed. Maybe you'd write down anxious, or maybe you'd write down today lonely or fearful, depressed. Maybe you would write down numb. You're just going through the days, and and you really don't feel anything. I wonder what you would write down. I wonder how many would write down at peace or peace-filled. Just saying that sounds good, doesn't it? Peace-filled, at peace. Well, I want to tell you today, the truth is God desires for you to be at peace. In fact, he has made a way for you and I to be at peace. Now, I want you to understand it's not some distant thing. Sometimes we think, well, I know there's peace coming. I know it waits for me in heaven. It's not just some distant thing in heaven alone, but God, through the person of Jesus, has given us, and he wants us to live in these days in peace. Today, we're going to start a brand new sermon series. It's going to be very quick. It's going to last just two weeks, and it is entitled Rest in Peace, a practical plan for living in peace. Now, let me tell you, I'm excited about this series. I think it is important. I'll tell you that, but more than that, I think it is vital. It is needed in the days in which we are living. A practical plan for living in peace. Our focal verse is going to be John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus is speaking there. John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 27. God's word says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Let me read that again. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, we come today, we are thankful today for your graciousness. We're thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for your power. We're thankful for the the forgiveness of sin that we have in the person of Jesus. We're thankful that you give us peace. And Lord, as we endeavor into these verses, into this study, I, I pray that it wouldn't just be another sermon series. It wouldn't just be the passing of information, but I pray that you would speak and you would lead and it would bear fruit in our homes and in our lives, and that your people be found at peace. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you in the hearing of this message, maybe online, maybe in this room, that in the hearing of true peace through Jesus, that they would turn to you and receive you as their Savior. 
Lord, I ask that you would work in this study. I pray that you would speak through your word in this study. I pray that you would be honored and known and glorified, lifted up in this study. We give it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, for our study, and let me just say it again, I have high hopes for this study. I believe God wants to speak, and I believe he's got a tremendous message for us to receive, and I have high hopes for this study. But the starting place of our study is this. Here's the question. Do you want peace? Do you truly want peace? Now, listen, I'm not asking, doesn't that seem attractive? I'm not saying, wouldn't it be nice? But are you serious enough? Have you had enough of the alternative to be at a place that you'd say, you know what, I want peace? And that's where you're at today. I want peace. Now, let me tell you, I'll just be honest. Here's the deal. If you're not serious, if you'd like peace but not enough to do something about it, then you're about to receive a bunch of good information. And you're about to hear some good things to think about. And maybe during the week, you'll continue to think about them. And it'll be good. I'll promise you this. It'll be good. But nothing will change. And I'll just be honest with you, nothing will change. Life will move on and things will come and life will continue and nothing will change. But I want you to do hear this. I've never done this before, but I will make you a promise this morning. If you are ready and if you are serious, there are coming eight steps for today and for next week that will change your life. And listen to me, and result in you living in peace. Now, those are big words. That's a big promise. I truly believe that this morning. In our verse today, Jesus is soon to go to the cross. He's soon to be taken from there. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to be executed. These are some of the last words that he has for his followers, that he has with his disciples. The 14th chapter of John for that reason, I believe is an awesome chapter. It's, a, it's an awesome chapter to see what he says before he stands up and goes to the cross of Calvary. Now, the 14th chapter begins with Jesus saying, do not let your heart be troubled. He's about to go to the cross. That's how he starts that chapter. Do not let your heart be troubled. To his followers, with really unimaginable, unimaginably hard stuff coming, he says, do not let your heart be troubled. And then here in verse 27, Jesus going to the cross, after his cross, the resurrection, after his resurrection, his ascension to heaven, he says to his followers, peace I leave with you. As he prepares to ascend, to leave physically, he says, my peace I leave with you. He says, however, but it's not just any peace. My peace I give to you. And so here we are with Jesus. He's soon to go to the cross of Calvary. His disciples are facing unimaginably hard things. And he says, my peace I leave, I give to you. Not as the world gives is what he says. Now I want you to be sure of this. The world gives, have you noticed, false peace? Looks like peace, not real peace. Fake peace. The world gives empty peace. The world gives fading peace. It gives failing peace. 
The world gives in a grand fanfare the appearance of peace. But I want you to know, Jesus, the one that conquers the grave, is the only one that has true peace. And you know what he says? And my peace I give to you. Now, I'm not a genius, and you can say amen right there. (laughs) Now, I'm not a genius, but I want you to think about this. If Jesus gives his followers his peace, and that's what he says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. If Jesus gives his followers his peace, what should his followers have? His peace. You're as smart as I am. His peace. If Jesus leaves his followers, his disciples, his peace, we should possess his peace. Here's the truth. Believers are to live in the peace of Jesus Christ. Hear me, listen to me. Believers are to live in the peace of Jesus Christ. Now, it tells us in the same verse what the fruit of that will be. The fruit of that, it says, do not, therefore, do not let your heart be troubled. The word troubled means disturbed, stirred up. In the original language, it means shaken. Do not let your heart be shaken. Don't let it be stirred up or agitated. It says, nor let it be fearful. The word for fearful in the original language means timid. Shrinking is the most literal translation. Pulling in. One translation says to be afraid or cowardly. It is the opposite of bold. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. Therefore, don't be stirred up in your heart. Don't be agitated, nor be fearful. Don't shrink back. You don't have to be afraid or act cowardly. Friends, listen to me. We can be, and I'm talking to you. You think, well, maybe he's talking to somebody else that does things differently. Listen, talking to you. We can be solid. And we can be bold and we can be confident and we can be unshaken by all of the crazy things around us. And I want to tell you, we're living in the craziest days I can imagine. Things are crazy. In all the craziness, we can be on a solid foundation standing. We can strike out instead of pulling in because we have the peace of Jesus. Now I want to look at one last word before we go into our eight points, before we go into our study. And the last word in the verse is the word peace itself. The word peace itself. He says, peace I give. This is the original language. This is the the Greek word for peace. It means literally wholeness, harmony. The most literal translation is tied together. Now, I want you to see the picture of this. Peace I give, harmony, wholeness tied together. It means we can have it all together and we can hold it all together. You ever heard anybody say, well, get it together, pull it together. Listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can have it together and in Christ, we can hold it together. Where the world comes along and wants to pull things out and wants to jerk things out and wants to put fear in and wants to put doubt in, in Jesus, we can have it all together and in Jesus, we can hold it all together. It's tied together in him. What an awesome promise. All right, now, 
Eight practical steps to have peace in life. Here we are. Practical steps. Eight practical steps to have peace in life. Here we go. The first one is this. And I'll just tell you, it is the biggest one. It is crucial, and it is non-negotiable. The first one is this. Eight practical steps to have peace in life. The first one is to have peace, you have to know the Prince of Peace. To have peace, you have to know the Prince of Peace. Now, I want you to stay with me right here. I'm not talking just a bunch of religious words. And when I, when I plan that out, I start to go, well, it starts to sound like the words that a preacher would say, doesn't it? It starts to sound like religious words. I'm not saying some cliche thing right here. Now, I want you to hear me. The truth is you will never have peace in your life. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you accomplish. I don't care who you are. You will never have peace in your life apart from a relationship by faith with Jesus Christ. To have peace, you have to know the Prince of Peace. Now, friend, I'm not talking about familiar with. I'm not talking about a tip of the hat type of no. I'm not talking about I've got some facts type of no. A lot of folks, they know a lot of things about Jesus. And I know I know about Jesus. I can tell you about him. I'm not talking about that type of no. I'm talking about you must know your sin. And you must know that you're helpless in your sin. You must know your helplessness. You must know Jesus is the remedy for sin. You must have placed totally your hope in him. You must have placed totally your trust in him. You must have believed in him as your savior for your problem of sin. You must believe that he lived a life of no sin that he died in the place of your sin, of my sin, that he's resurrected from the dead. In faith, you must claim Jesus, the resurrected Savior, the Lamb of God that has paid the price for sin. You must claim him as Lord. And that's what it means to know Jesus. It's not church attendance. It's not how many vacation Bible schools you went to. It's not baptism. I remember my baptism. My granny was there. We went to lunch afterward. It's not baptism. It is knowing Jesus. It is trusting, receiving the totality of the person of Jesus. He is our Savior. It is trusting in Jesus. Listen, be very sure. There are too many people today in churches content to just know about Jesus. And guess what? They have no peace. There are too many people able today to post on Easter, He is risen, but they haven't totally trusted Him in faith as their Savior. They know the story. They just haven't trusted Him. They don't know Him like that. And they have no Peace. Here's my question today. Have you trusted Jesus? Listen, we're going, to, we're going to square one. Have you trusted Jesus? Is that talking about you? 
Do you know him like that? Do you know Jesus? I'm not asking you how long you've been coming to church. I'm not talking about when you were baptized. I'm not talking about what your past is. Do you know Jesus? There is no peace outside of Jesus. Is that you today? Now, if not, I'm going to give you two choices. One choice is this, to say, you know what, I see it. I see I need a Savior. I know the weight of my sin. And today I set down my pride and I'm going to turn to Jesus. And I want, I want to know Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Forgive me, Lord. You have that choice right now. You know what he'll do? He'll save you. Right now, he'll forgive you. He'll restore you. You have a choice. You can receive Jesus right now. Or you have another choice. And you know what? I can't do anything about it. I, I cannot like it. But you have another choice, and that's this. You can shut your ears, and you can say, you know what? I got it pretty much figured out, and I don't know if I need that. And somebody did something to me, and I don't know if I like that. And you can walk out of here, and you can reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Have you trusted Jesus? If so, we're going to move on. First off is this. There is no hope. There is no peace outside of Jesus. You have to know Jesus. If you know Jesus, we're going to move on. The first thing is this. To have peace in your life, you must know the Prince of Peace. The second is this. To have peace in your life, listen, you must walk with the giver of peace. To have peace in your life, you must walk with the giver of peace. Now remember, it is Jesus that says, my peace I give. Peace I give to you. He is the giver of peace. You must walk with Jesus. You must walk with the giver of peace. Now I'm just going to say it. It's about to get real. <laughs> this is a big thing. It's not a Mickey Mouse thing. I'm going to tell you that. It's not a Mickey Mouse thing. And I watch today, and I'll just tell you this, most churches and most pulpits are scared to say what I'm about to say. They don't want to go this deep. But I'm going to tell you this because I love you. I want to tell you this. In order to enjoy and experience the peace that Jesus gives to us, you have to walk with Jesus. You got to walk with Jesus. Proverbs says in several places, we've seen it on Sunday nights, we are like those that we walk with. And that's what Proverbs says. It proves true. The Bible says you walk around with foolish people. Guess what? You'll become a fool yourself. The Bible says you hang out and you walk around with angry people. You'll become angry yourself. We become like the people that we walk with. That's what God's Word says. Well, listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to walk with Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Now, I want you to hear these words. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, that's the first part. You got to know the Prince of Peace. You got to know Jesus. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That's a pattern of your life. So now you have received him, you've trusted him, you're professing him, that Jesus, so now walk in him. Friends, this is talking about leading a Christ-centered life. 
It's talking about full obedience to Jesus. It is talking about total surrender to Jesus. It's to be able to say what Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. My will has died with Christ. And now it is Jesus that lives in me. Now, all those words are to say this. You will have no peace. You will not find it if you're walking out of step with Jesus. Here's here's the deal. To enjoy his peace, we must be totally Christ-centered. To to enjoy his peace, we as people must be totally Christ-centered. How am I going to live? As Jesus would live. How am I going to raise kids and live in my home? As Jesus wills me to do. How am I going to do business? As Jesus leads me to do business. What kind of language am I going to use? Language that would honor Jesus. How am I going to treat people? In a way that would point to Jesus. In all things, we must be totally Christ-centered. If you want to walk in the peace of Jesus, we have to actually walk with Jesus. Let me give you an example. And I'm going to be real with you here. And it's pretty risky. But our goal is to have peace. And so here it goes. We see it all the time. I see it. You see it too. God says, Jesus says plainly and clearly in his word, we are not to live together as man and wife unless we are man and wife, we are married. That is the word of God, friend, and it is not unclear. Today, the vast majority, and I'm talking most people, are not heeding that. And I want to tell you what they're trying to do. They're trying to do a supernatural thing, and that's what marriage is. They're trying to do a supernatural thing, but they're trying to do it in a natural way. And they have all the reasons why, brother, I've heard them all. Well, this, well, the wedding, well, the money, well, this, the the check that comes with it, whatever. I've heard all the reasons, but it does not work, and it hurts And it causes pain and it breaks hearts and it causes worry and it causes anxiety. And for the woman, there's trouble and she might not be able to say it. Brother, she better not say it. But she in her heart, she knows there's trouble and there's pain and it hurts. And for that man, he has to act like, well, this is just how it is. And he's got to go along with it. And there's trouble in his heart and it hurts. And if there's kids, they suffer in that as well. And what God intended for joy and security and strength and blessing and peace has none of those things. Now, I want you to be sure. That's just one example. It's one we see a lot, but it's it's just one example. That's in all areas. If we do anything out of fellowship with God, if we do anything out of the will of Jesus, there will not be true joy. And we say, well, I wish there were. Well, maybe I can just play like there is. If we do anything out of the will of God, out of the word of God, there will not be joy. 
Oh, but I want to tell you something. I get to preach the good news. Let me tell you this. Here's the good news. However, in any area and in all areas, if we will give it to God and if we will turn back to God, if we will confess and repent and seek his will, let me tell you the good news of the gospel is this. He'll forgive and he'll restore and he'll renew. And what should have been all along, guess what he'll do in his grace He'll make it that way now. What could have been? Oh, what could have been? What could have been? He'll make it that way now. And in the grace of God, he will give us peace if we'll turn to him and say, listen, I've made a mess of this and I'm talking about all areas, but I want to turn to you and I want to confess this has been wrong and Lord, you lead me to what's right. He will renew and he'll restore and there will be victory where there was death and he will bless it. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, and, I, and I, it's, it's crazy. As fast as I preach that, that's going on in the air right now. There's some people steaming right now. But I, I want to tell you, I don't, I don't care, at least not till Tuesday when they holler at me, but here's what has to change. You want to be honest? Here's what has to change. We have to quit seeing God's way as a punishment. We have to quit seeing God's way as a restriction. Listen, that's not our God. I, I was reading the Bible, and you know what Jesus doesn't say? I came that you would have shame. It's not what he says. I came that you'd have guilt. It's not what he says. He gives us in grace, peace. I came that you would have peace. Listen, his mercy is new every day. There's not an end to the supply. His grace truly is amazing. He has peace for us if we will walk with him. Comes back to the question. So do you really want peace? To have peace, true peace, real peace, we must be Christ-centered. We must be Christ-consumed. In all things. I want to tell you the good news of this is, is, right, is this. So, right now, you can draw a line on step two and say, you know what? I'm going to please Jesus. <laughs> I've messed up. I'm talking about me. I have messed up. I've drawn a line. I'm going to walk with Jesus. He will bless that. He will show you grace and marvelous things in that. We must be Christ centered in all things. Okay. <laughs> Last point I'm going to get to. This sermon series is now three weeks at least. It may be four. Last point I'm going to get to is this. Carrie said last week, you got to start speeding these up. They're taking too long. Last point I'm going to get to is this. You must know the Prince of Peace. Ooh, he wants to know you. He loves you. You must walk with the giver of peace. He has a great walk for you. The third thing is this. To have peace in your life you have to shut out what is in conflict with peace. Ooh. To have peace with Christ, the peace of Jesus, you have to shut out what is opposed to peace. Now, really, this is an extension of being Christ-centered, but, but this step requires further action. It requires deliberate, intentional action. It, it follows. If you are seeking to walk 
and to live and to exist and to breathe in the peace of Christ. If that is your goal, I want to live in the peace of Christ. You can't be taking in. You can't be pulling in. You can't be absorbing things in conflict with the peace of Christ. It's as simple as that. As that, if your goal is to be in the peace of Christ, you can't be taking in things that are in conflict with the peace of Christ. Now, before we start this point, we're going to go back to the question, do you really want peace? Do you really want peace? This step is about to be hard, and it's about to be radical, and it could be costly. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, it could be costly. Now, what I'm talking about here is what I call poison. That's what I've called it, poison. I want you to think about poison. What does poison do? Poison kills. Poison makes ill. It's what it does. It poisons. I read a story about a man who poisoned his wife over many years. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. They didn't go to this church. (laughs) I think I hear me in that story. I read a story about a man that poisoned his wife over many years. And I don't know what the the story tells what it was, but he was giving her something. And she felt sick, and he was compassionate. And they went to the doctor, and she got a little bit better, and then she felt sick again, and it seemed to go up and down, and, and they couldn't figure it out. And they would go to doctors, and they would do the blood work, and they would run tests, and the doctor would say, well, I think maybe it's this sickness, and let me get you this, this panel of medicines, and they would give this medicines, and, and maybe the medicines would make her feel better, or maybe they'd make her sleep, or maybe they would make it worse, but it, she would feel bad again, and it went on and on and on again. And they finally found the husband, the man, was giving her a little poison in her coffee. A little poison in her coffee. And she felt a little bit worse and a little bit better. And then she felt a little bit worse and she felt terrible. And he was actually killing her. He was killing her. Well, I want you to understand this one. This is the exact same thing. When you are taking in anything that is counter to the peace of Christ, and even if it's just a little bit here, it's going to keep you from living in the peace of Christ. Now, I want want to say this. Here's what's crazy, though. Here's what doesn't make any sense. Yet, we do not have to have somebody slip it to us. We don't have to have somebody put it in our coffee or feed it to us. We take it in on our own. That's what's crazy. We take it in ourselves. And we say, well, it's just a little poison. It's just a little poison. It won't matter. It won't matter. Well, it's hard to escape all the poison, isn't it? We live in a world of poison. How am I going to escape all the poison? Where everybody's eating a little bit of poison. Well, I'll just go with them and have a little bit of poison. It won't hurt me. I've had worse than that. I've taken more poison than that. And look how I turned out okay. And we begin to take it in. And we're making our excuses as we do it. And it's killing us. That's what's crazy. Now, practically, you may say, what are you talking about? Practically, let me tell you some things. Let me give you some examples. It could be people. It could be people. Let me just be honest with you. 
There are people, and they are foul, and they are mean, and they may dress it up pretty good. A lot of them do. They may dress it up pretty good, but they're worldly, and maybe they're gossips, and maybe you can't get around them. They got news. They want to tear somebody down. Maybe they're divisive. Maybe they always want to split somebody up and pull somebody over. Maybe they're any, any of those things, but for sure, they want to pull you in. And I don't know why they got their sights on you, but they want to pull you in. And when you're around that person, when you're in the influence of that person, you are less like Christ, and they are poison. You need to cut off that poison. Is that biblical? Does that sound like grace and forgiveness? Proverbs is full of warnings. Why? That we would be aware, that we would, we would be careful of the people we're running with. You're like those that you run with. Romans chapter 16, verse 17, it's talking about those people. It says, be aware of them, mark them, see them. And here's what it says in the word of God, and turn away from them. That's the biblical teaching. If that person is poison to you and your walk with Jesus Christ and you're less like Jesus when you're with that person and you become apathetic to the cause of Jesus and the influence of that person, listen, Turn from them. Now that's just one type of poison. There's other types. The songs we listen to. Here's something weird about songs, about music. They have a way, and I guess it's our makeup, that they're able to grab you and take over your thoughts and take you to different places. Music has that ability. We, it is well. You know what? I'm thinking about my dad. And I'm thinking about good things that God's done. And I'm thinking about music can do that. But you know what? I, I can go and I can listen to Metallica. And I want to wreck my car into somebody in traffic. <laughs> and it, it takes you back to different places. Places we need not go any longer. That's what music does. I'm going to just be honest with you. There are some songs we do not need to hear anymore. And I'll just tell you what country music, adultery and this and that and, and all these things. Not saying all of it. I'm just saying there's some songs we don't need to listen to anymore. Listen, our youth, the earlier they learn that, the better. We need to fill our hearts with the things of Christ. And if we take in poison and we take in poison, it's going to poison us. And we laugh at that. Let me tell you something while we're at it. TV that we watch, the movies that we watch, the phones that we stare at all day long, the cutting garbage that's on Facebook, the videos that we're watching one after another. And we come along and say, well, we know that's not real. That's okay. It's just a show. We know that. And it's poison. And the language that they use is, po is poison. I don't need to hear that any longer. The situations that they're playing out, they're poison. I don't need to be entertained by that. The immoral actions that are being carried out, they're poison. They're sin. And I'll just tell you, it affects us, it impacts us, it desensitizes us, and we can be silly or dumb if we want to, but it takes our peace. I want you to notice this, and dadgum notice it. 
Do not be fooled. Do not buy the lie. This world has no peace. Don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. Guess what? In Hollywood, there's no peace. They talk about peace and they're all this and that and they got all their causes. They go to a fake show giving out fake rewards and slap each other and they talk about peace. There's no peace there. Our politicians, they talk about peace and peace and programs for peace. Look at them cutting each other down. There's no peace there. The world has no peace. Don't be fooled. There is no peace in this world. But when we begin to envy the world, when we begin to focus on the world, when we begin to take in and to consume the things of the world, it's no wonder we're robbed of our peace and we have anxiety and we start to be filled with depression and it takes hold, we see there is no hope. We become hopeless in all these things and we've been poisoned a little at a time and we have no peace. A lot of folks will laugh at all that. Little poison, little poison, and you're poisoned. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 7, listen to this. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Verse 9, one verse down. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You see, it's just a little bit. It's just a seed. But here's what the Word of God says. That seed takes hold. And that seed sets hook. And that seed begins to sprout and it begins to grow. And that seed, a little leaven, just a, we got a whole lump. Just a little leaven takes over and it leavens the whole lump. To have peace, we have to shut out what is in conflict with peace. Only makes sense. Do you want peace? We have to shut out what is in conflict with peace. I'm going to stop right there. We'll have two more weeks at least. The next five are better than these three. I wouldn't miss it. But let me end by saying this. Listen to me. Our God is good. He is kind. He has the best way to live. He's not trying to wear us out. He's not trying to give us a burden we can't keep. He's not trying to crush us in guilt. Our God is so good. And in his grace, he gives us the blessing of his truth. And Jesus says, listen, I, I give you my peace. I love you. I give you my peace. And maybe you're hearing this and maybe we're starting off, maybe somebody on the internet and it's rearing up inside of you and you're thinking, Lord, I don't know if I want to hear any more of this. Listen, God loves you. and He's perfect in wisdom. He knows what's best for you. Nothing he wouldn't do after the cross. What would he not do? He gives us his peace. Do you want it? Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And Lord, I'm so thankful for a gracious, good God. So thankful that you didn't chew me up and spit me out a thousand times. Write me off, put me out. You're gracious, you're patient, you're kind. You're forgiving. 
Your mercies are new. And so we come, and I'm thankful for the forgiveness of sin. I'm thankful that you took it to the cross, and I have to bear it no more. You paid for it there. Thankful for the forgiveness in life, that we don't have to walk under that guilt. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for that. But I'm also thankful you give us the way to have peace. You give us your very own peace. And I pray in this sermon series, Lord, that we're not hard, but we're soft. We're not stagnant, but we're shaped. And I pray, Lord, that we, we, the result of that is there's a people that are at peace as you've intended, and we breathe in peace, and it goes and it points glory to the Savior, Jesus, of peace. Let it bear that fruit. Lord, I pray for some right now that don't have peace they don't know you. I pray in this room and I pray in other places as well, Lord, that, that, that any hindrance will be removed. I pray that this word is heard. I pray that hearts are soft. And I pray that, that today would be a day of victory. As many folks turn to you this day, I pray for some in this room that are wrestling with it right now. Do I admit it? Do I admit it? I pray if they don't know you, that, Lord, they turn to you this day, this hour. Pray in the hearing of the gospel, they've been changed. They trust you by faith. Lord, I pray for those here that we have trusted you. I pray as we hear this truth that we would be resolved that the peace of Jesus is a blessing and it's a good thing. We wouldn't fight against it, but we would, we'd be soft and we'd walk with Jesus. And leaving this, this hour that there'd be people walking with Jesus, resolved again and maybe as never before to walk with Jesus. And we'd farm as people committed to Jesus. We'd build things as people committed to Jesus. We'd sell things as people committed to Jesus. We'd work jobs as people committed to Jesus. We'd live in our homes as people committed to Jesus. I pray that it has that impact. And Lord, we just come and, and just tell you we're thankful again for your goodness and for your grace and your kindness shown to us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to end with a time of response, a time of invitation. And if you're here, first off, and you never trusted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, he loves you. He loves you. He's provided his son as your Savior, your way of salvation. If you'll trust him today, turn today, he'll save you today. Maybe you're here and you're saying, oh, man, you don't know my sin. You don't know my sin as you're speaking. I, 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 I'm so consumed in the filth of my sin. Listen, I don't want to know your sin. Jesus knows it. He paid for it. He loves you. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. If you'll turn to him today, he'll forgive you. He'll save you. You'll, you'll know his grace today. He'll save you today. In just a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If that's speaking to you, you step out and you come on. If you need more information, you come on. Let's settle this today. Maybe you're here and, and you've... You've put your faith in Christ, but you're hearing this and saying, Lord, I, I want to be an agent of peace. I want to live in peace. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar or pray with me today. Maybe you're here and you need to follow in believer's baptism. You've made a decision, but you've never testified as he's told us. And, and as Christ has commanded us to, to testify through baptism. And you come and it'll be a great day of celebration. You'd come and take care of that. Maybe you're looking to join a church and you believe God has led you here. You come and let's uphold his word, his gospel, his peace until he comes again. Maybe you want to come as we begin this series and pray at an altar. Maybe again, you want to pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would head for an exit or, or, or stir about, but that you'd pray for those that are making decisions. We're almost done. 
Pray for those that are making decisions. His peace is offered to us, to you today. If you have a decision to make, as we stand and sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here.